Welcome to the New Providence Presbyterian Church podcast, where we will share our messages from our weekend worship services. We hope these messages will inspire you and challenge you in your walk with Jesus. That's why we're here, right, tonight, to consider the meaning and significance of the birth of Jesus Christ. Ever since I can remember as a child, this is one of my favorite days of the year, because this is the time that's set aside for both seekers and skeptics to consider and wonder about who is this Jesus, and what really happened. I know for me, when I slow down and really consider the claims of the Bible and the claims that God makes in the Bible about Jesus, when I slow down and really consider it, every single time I've come to a response of, wow, wow, did this really happen? It's awe-inspiring as you really slow down and consider the truth, the fact that God decided not to stay far away, not to stay in a galaxy beyond us, but to come to be with us and to become one of us and to do so to demonstrate his love for us. So that's what we're gonna focus on today as we focus on the light of Christmas and Jesus as the light of Christmas. Again, for some of you, you may have been thinking about this or considered this for many, many years. And my prayer is that you would see this perhaps in a new way, in a new light tonight. And it would renew your wonder and you renew your awe about this God. And for others, you may be considering this for the first time. Everywhere in between, all of us owe it Owe it to God to say what really happened. Because something happened. Something happened over 2,000 years ago. Whether we agree, can agree to all the details or not, something happened. Right? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 
And because he was born in Bethlehem, and because of his life, because of who he was, and that baby boy grew up, and he was more than just a nice guy. He was more than a carpenter or a craftsman. He was more than even a good teacher, and he was more than a prophet. But the claims of Scripture, the claims of people who knew Jesus, who knew him, who met him face to face, and wrote about him, they claimed that he was the Son of God who came in the flesh to be with us. And so something happened, because that little boy grew up, and again, more than a carpenter, more than a good teacher, more than a prophet, he went to a Roman cross and was crucified and killed on that cross. Christians believe for the forgiveness of our sins. And he didn't stay dead. On the third day in real time, in real history, was resurrected from the dead, and the world was changed. Everything changed. The whole Mediterranean region, the known world, was turned upside down. And within 100 years, definitely within hundreds of years, lives were changed because light came into darkness. God sent his light into darkness. And so for us, I want us to consider that with fresh eyes today. And to do that, we're going to consider the perspective of someone who knew Jesus, one of his closest friends, one of his disciples. His name was John. John, who was a fisherman. His brother was James. They kind of had a reputation. Jesus nicknamed him the Sons of Thunder. I love Jesus. One of the first, I think, nickname, nickname giver, is, giver in history. Call him the Sons of Thunder. Whoever these guys are all about, they made some noise. So John, not just a nice guy as well, a son of thunder. John, who followed Jesus, walked with Jesus, saw Jesus, knew Jesus, eventually became so close to Jesus that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked down and saw John and saw his mother Mary, and he entrusted his mother Mary to John after his death. That's how close John was to Jesus. John went on to write one of the four accounts of Jesus' life and ministry and teachings, the Gospel of John. He also composed three writings that talk about the meaning and significance of Jesus called 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And this same John in his old age was given a vision, what's come to be known as Revelation, the last book of the Bible. This John was well acquainted with this Jesus. And so this John, he, he, he wrote about him, wrote about him as the light of the world. And for us today, consider him as the light of Christmas. So I want us to consider this truth today. God came to be with us in Christ, to bring light, so we can receive help and hope in the midst of our darkness. If you remember anything from Christmas Eve 2022, remember this, that God came to be with us in Christ, to bring us light, so that we can receive help and hope in the midst of our darkness. So let's check out what John had to say. John, who knew Jesus, who saw him, was around him. And as I read this, sometimes even me as a pastor, I can open up Scripture and read the Bible, and it kind of becomes, can become dry and boring. This is not dry and boring reading. This is written by someone who saw Jesus, knew Jesus, and he was overflowing with joy. We just sang joy, unspeakable joy. John wrote this, and he wanted the whole world to know at that point, had no idea that this book was going to be included in the Bible. It's come to be known as the Bible and would be read thousands of years later here in New Providence, New Jersey in 2022. But here's what he said about this Jesus. Hear this. He says this. From the very first day we were there, taking it all in, we heard it with our own ears. We saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in most sober prose 
that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. The experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. And your joy will double our joy. John was just bubbling over. And he wanted everyone to know. He wanted everyone to, to, to know and, and experience what he experienced. As you go to this verse 1 in the first John, we see this progression. You see the progression of this experience. First he says, look, we heard him with our own ears. And we saw him with our own eyes. We, we, we actually were able to touch him and, and know him. Put our arm around him. Maybe high five him. Fist bump him if they did that in the first century. I doubt it. But they interacted with this Jesus. That's what John's saying. Well, what about this? In verse 2, we see that Jesus appeared right before their eyes. I love how Jesus is described. He's the word of life, the infinite life of God. John says, took shape right before us. Why is John sharing this? Why does he share about what he's seen and heard? Well, the reason is given in verse 3. And he tells his readers and listeners that he wanted them to experience this with him. And this includes a real and profound sense of a connection with God. What's described as communion or fellowship with God, this shared living, having something in common. He wanted them to have all this in common, this shared experience of a wonder and knowledge, of a personal knowledge of connecting to God. This amazing news that they would share in common, that they could base their lives on this incredible truth that God didn't stay far away. He didn't stay out beyond the galaxies, but he came to be with us. And he came not only to be with us, he came here to be for us, to show us that he's on our side, to show us what love is really like, and show that God is not some dictator who stays on a throne far away saying, do what I tell you, submit to me, surrender to me. No, this is a God of love, a God of service, a God who comes in weakness, gives up the crown, and comes to be with us in love. So what was his motive for sharing this? John shares in, in verse four, he says, we want you to enjoy this too. He wanted to share this joy. Have you ever had something you wanted to tell someone that you were so full of joy, you were so excited about it, that you couldn't hold it in? You were full of joy. You had to tell someone, maybe a loved one, maybe a friend, someone. You just had to get it out there. Maybe share it on social media. Just get it out there. That's what John is like. He used the technology of his time called a letter to get the word out. And this letter went viral. It's in our Bible today. The first viral. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible what happened. He was full of joy. It's like a joy explosion. John couldn't hold it in. Why was this such a joyful, why was there more joy? Look at the next verse in verse 5. He goes on to say, this in essence is the message we heard from Christ. And we're passing it on to you, John says. He says this, God is light. Pure light. And there's not a trace of darkness in him. Here's a description of God. In his very essence, his very character, that he's light, that he's pure light, and there's no darkness in him at all. Think about that for a moment. What comes to your mind when you think about pure light? So you think about experiencing of something of purity and pure light. I know for me, though it's the reflection of light. I love on a cold winter night, maybe not last night, but a cold winter night, being out next to a fire, looking up at the stars especially when you get away from the city, get away from the smog, and then you could see a twinkling star in the sky. 
And the beauty and the purity of that reflected light of a star. I could stare at a star sometimes for hours. Maybe I need a life. No, but I could just stare for hours and just look at that beauty of the purity of that light. That's what John is saying. John is saying it's like that to the infinite level. The purity of God is he's pure in light. And that's who he's called us to be. So this is who God is. Now, light and darkness, these are common symbols in all world religions. Right? They're symbols of good and bad. So there's nothing new there. But what does the Bible have to say about darkness? And what does the Bible and God have to say about light and light of that darkness? Well, darkness in the Bible typically describes both the state and actions of a person. Right? Darkness typically points to evil thoughts, attitudes, and actions. Darkness is usually marked by hatred and antagonism. And it typically also points to something that's held in secret, something that you don't want anyone else to know about. And last time I checked, usually things that are in the dark, that grow in the dark, aren't good. And so darkness is typically seen in a negative light. Another way that the darkness describes is it points to a person who tries to make life work apart from God. Because if God is light and he's pure light, that means darkness is the absence of light, therefore the absence of God. And therefore, someone who's in darkness, according to the Bible, is trying to make life work apart from God, saying, I've got this. I don't need you. I can figure this out on my own. But the coming of Jesus is regarded as the coming of light, the revelation of light. And if God is light and darkness is the absence of light, then we know that Jesus came because the light always overcomes darkness to dispel all darkness. Well, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, a prophet who was sent to God's people in the Old Testament had some words to describe what, what life was like at that time. It's not a pretty picture. It's a picture of darkness. It's in Isaiah 8, verses 20 through 22. Here's the picture of that time. People who have not followed the word of God try other ways and get nowhere. A dead end. Frustrated and famished, they try one thing after another. When nothing works out, they get angry, cursing first this God, then that one, looking this way, then that way, looking up and down and sideways, seeing nothing, a blank wall, an empty hole. They end up in the dark with nothing. Merry Christmas. No, I mean, that, that is a picture of darkness right there, of frustration, it's like someone who's, for me, it's an image of someone like being tied up in a knot and they can't untie themselves. Or someone who's in quicksand. And the more that they try to get out of that, that quicksand, the worse it gets, the more that they fall deeper deeper into the struggle that they're in. They end up getting more, in this picture, it's a picture of people getting more and more angry and eventually even cursing God when they can't figure life out when they're in the dark. And they end up in a deeper, deeper state of darkness. But that's not the end of the description, however. This prophet, hundreds of years before Jesus, talked about how God was going to send light into darkness and that there was going to be a promise that was fulfilled. And in Isaiah 9, 2, right after he says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who live in the land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. Right, this, this pointed to what God was going to do at some future time. This described what God was going to do in and through the birth of Jesus. Right, this describes what God did. And he did it. He did it. He showed up. God is light and God sent light into our world. Again, God came to be with us in Christ to bring light right, so we could receive help and hope in the midst of our darkness. And we can know God personally. 
so we won't be left in the dark. As you go back to that 1 John 1, 5, we remember that we read that God is light, pure light, and in him there is no darkness. So the good news is this, we're not meant to figure out life on our own. We're not meant to stay in the dark. We're not meant to try and make everything work. The more and more that we try, maybe you make it worse and worse. We're not meant to stay in the dark. We may feel like some or all of the description from Isaiah 8, 20 through 22 in our lives. We may go through some frustrations. I don't know what darkness you're facing today. On this Christmas Eve 2022, whatever you bring into this room, into this time, if you're joining us online and whatever you're thinking at this point, know that this, that God wants to send light into your darkness. I don't know what darkness you're facing. It could be anything in life where you're not sure how it's going to end up. You're not sure where this is going. And there may be fears, there may be anxieties around this, and you're not sure in, in the struggle about it. Maybe it's relational darkness. Maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe it's a spouse, a friend, a family member, someone else that you're not sure how the relationship is going to turn out or where it's going, and you wish you could change them, but they're not going to change, and, and, you, and you feel like you're left in darkness. Maybe it's mental or emotional darkness. Maybe you're facing some kind of depression or anxiety. These last years have not been easy years. And maybe you're facing darkness and you don't know where to go or even you don't even want to admit it to someone else because you're not sure how they're going to respond to you. I don't know what that looks like, but the fact is you may be facing that darkness. Maybe it's physical or health-related darkness. Maybe you have some type of, there's a, there's a diagnosis that you're facing or someone you love is facing. You're not sure how it's going to end up. Maybe it's spiritual darkness. Maybe it's darkness where you feel like God is not there. You, you feel like you've tried to call out to God. You've tried to reach out to God, but he, he hasn't been there. He's not responding, and you feel spiritual darkness. And as you do, and you try and make life work apart from God, maybe you find yourself feeling like those, the people in Isaiah 8, that description of those who are frustrated. They felt frustrated and angry at aspects of their lives, frustrated and angry at aspects of our world. And we saw in that passage how people were shaking their fists at God. You know, this a couple weeks ago, almost a couple weeks ago, I was diagnosed positive with COVID right before Christmas Eve. Thanks a lot, God. That's what I thought. Not a holy prayer from a pastor. Thanks a lot, God. But I was po- tested positive. And I thought, hey, this would be a couple snipples. You know, just rest for a couple days and we'll be back at it. It didn't go that way. Now, I'm grateful that my symptoms never progressed up to the point of needing to go to the hospital or needing any major medical care. But let me tell you, waking up every day with splitting headaches and not being able to think was a living nightmare. And it happened every single day. In the first couple of days, I thought, okay, this is par for the course. This is COVID. Let it ride. It kept going and going until it was two or three, three or four days ago, I thought, Christmas Eve is coming. And I had some honest conversations with God. Oh my God, I'm going to be preaching on light coming in the darkness. I'm going to be preaching about how you make things better. Right now, things aren't getting better. In fact, I'm getting pretty frustrated right now. In fact, I'm getting pretty angry. And I was getting pretty rotly. See, I'm getting rotly. I was getting pretty fired up. And it wasn't an audible voice. But as I prayed, I just kind of gave it to God, which you can do, by the way. Read the Psalms in the Bible. He can take it. As I was praying, a sense came back saying, why are you yelling at me? I'm here to help you. Oh. And so I prayed and said, God, I need your help. And I reached out for prayer. And many of you prayed, thank you for your prayers. I'm even standing here tonight. The fact is that in the midst of that, I remember just being like, God, I need your help. And that's just a small example. Whatever it is you're facing, if you're in a place of darkness, you feel like you have nowhere to go, God invites you into his light and to turn to him. He promises to light the way out of 
whatever you're facing. He's not, he doesn't promise to make it better immediately, but he promises to be with you. The promise of the Bible that God says, he says over and over, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And God pr proved his love for us by coming to be with us. He didn't stay far away. The beauty of Christmas is the beauty of Christianity is that God came to be with us to show that he's for us and that his love is for us and he can lead us forward. If Indeed, it's true that God is light, pure light. We all owe it to God to give him a chance or maybe a second chance or a chance again. Wherever you are in life, this Christmas Eve 2022, I invite you to turn to God or turn back to God and say, God, I want to give you a chance. I want to walk in the light. I want to follow you. I want your help. I need your help. This is the light of Christmas. This is the light of Christ. So in conclusion, as a church, we want to help you do this. As a church, this is following Christ, trying to make, you're not meant to go through this world on your own. We want to help you. And we want to band together to do this. And to do that means to engage and to find your place here with our church. Because it's not meant, following Jesus is not meant to be a solo effort. And so my prayer continues to be that every single person would find a meaningful connection with our church in a way that they would have a friendship where not if, but when something goes wrong, you can reach out to that person and they're there. And if you take it to the next level, not just an individual, but a group of people, a circle of friends, some call it a circle of trust. And that each of us would have a circle of trust where we could have a place where we could be ourselves, be real, ask for prayer and help because we all need help. If you're visiting with us and you don't live here in the New Providence area, my prayer and hope for you is that you find a church wherever you are and, and, and seek that in 2023. Seek that light. Seek that help. Seek Jesus in a local church. And for everyone who's around here, if you're visiting with us, we'd love to have you come back and join and be a part of what's happening in 2023 here as a church. Remember this, again, as, as we finish, God came to be with us in Christ. He came to be with us in Christ to bring light so that we can receive help and hope in the midst of our darkness. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we have considered the truths of this passage, thank you for John, Jesus, who knew you personally. Because he knew you personally, he wrote with passion. And he wanted everyone to know who you were. And this message, God, that you are light pure light. So God, I pray for every person who's heard this message. God, that you'd meet them right now with your love and light. That whatever darkness each person is facing, God, I pray that they would know, God, that you haven't given up on them. Even if it feels like you have, God, I pray that they would know that you love them, you care about them, and you want to help light the way forward for them. God, may that be the case this Christmas Eve 2022. May it be the case as we head into 2023. Help us each to take, help us, each of us to take steps of walking in the light as you are in the light. May we accept an invitation in a fresh way. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. <laughs>